Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, uh, ball player, ball player, no watching from the side. Said that you got him next, well, go ahead and show him why. No limits in the sky. Go ahead and take your shot. This one is for the city. What up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up Next. The podcast where we tell you who's up next in youth sports and introduce you to the biggest players in the youth sports game. Uh, we got a, This is actually a special episode. We're going to flip it a little bit. Uh, I'll explain in a second. But first, of course, I'm Jamal Murphy. We have a we have our uh, guest host, Destiny Adams here also. What's up, Destiny? What's up, guys? He's Destiny. And of course, we got uh, my co-host extraordinaire doing all kind of big things, which we will explain. Khalid Green, what's up, man? Peace, Jay. Peace, Des. <laughs> what's good? What's good? Um, so like I said, this is a special episode, and uh, I introduced Khalid talking about the big things he has going on. Um, he has a book coming out, uh, so we need a round of applause, please. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yep, if you yep, if you could yep. if you couldn't hear there was there was applause there was applause. Yeah, I'm myself. Oh, there. Peace, everyone. There you go. There you go. Uh, like I said, Khalid Green has his new book out called "Free Game: A Parent's Guide Navigating Black and Brown Children Through Youth Sports and Beyond." Uh, so he gets pretty deep with this one, uh, trying to cover many many bases uh, uh, in a in a very nuanced way. Uh, so this podcast, we're going to we're going to talk to Khalid and 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 uh, you know talk about the new book and why he wrote it and you know the some and let him tell us some of the jewels that are in the book. Uh, Destiny and I and I will uh, grill him on this. Destiny will do most of the grilling. You know what I'm saying? So uh, let's get to it. But first, but you know, first let me just say you know let me give a, a formal shout out to Destiny Adams again, our our guest host. What's going on? What you been up to? Um, just out here doing what I gotta do. I have a nonprofit. I'm officially the CEO of a nonprofit. Okay. So working on that. Um, I think my nonprofit is pretty much geared towards what the book is about, free game. Mm. Mm. So that's why when I read it, I was just like, I was texting color. I'm like, oh my god, this book is ten out of ten. Like. It's going to be a banger, like, because it's so relatable. Not even, I never even played sports, but I've been in the sports world since I was a sophomore in high school, and I'm now about to be a college graduate. And being behind the scenes, he just, like, uncovers so many things that's just, like, it's just, yeah, we're going to get into it, though. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get into it. No doubt. That's what we want to hear. That's a, a ringing endorsement. No question about it. That's 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 exactly what we want to hear. Uh, thank you for that, and we could tell it straight from the heart. So let's yeah, like you said, let's get into it, uh, Khalid. So free game, right? Yes. A, a parent's guide navigating black and brown children through youth sports and beyond. Tell us about the book, man. Um, the book starts. I have to start with you know going back to my love for sports. Um, and that's why I wrote the book. I have a pure love for sports. I have a pure love for uh, basketball in particular. I've been at every level of the game, 
Um, I've been a high school coach, elite high school coach at Bishop Lachlan High School. I've been a grad assistant at Long Island University, currently the director of a, a premier grassroots program here in New York. And I've been a scout for the Nets for nine years, also worked for the Knicks for two years, and also have a master's in sports management from Columbia University. So the book encompasses all of my experiences, which uh, is pretty wealthy, um, a wealthy amount of experiences. And it also answers some of the questions that parents have asked me over the years about you know, something as simple as how can I get my kid into a high school, um, finding the right trainer. Um, and, you know, I, I attempt to answer all of those questions and more in the book. So, like I said, I love the book. But one of my questions to you would definitely be that in your introduction, you stated that some of your viewpoints may make some readers uncomfortable. And knowing this, did it ever like hinder you or make you hesitant about publishing your book? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you know me, I, I stand on my truth. Yep. Uh, I know, uh, first of all, the book is a calling. I, I went to my master's program. I went to Long Island University a while ago. I got a master's in English. And I was always feeling cheated because I never really utilized that that degree for anything. Mm. So, um, so I wanted the book to be <laughs> my reason for going to the school. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to have some proof of why I went to uh, the master's uh, program at LIU. So shout out to LIU. But to answer your other to answer the other part of that question, you know. Malcolm X once said that truth is on the side of the oppressed. So mm -hmm. I believe that what I'm writing is is actual facts. I've, I've thoroughly researched things and I also am dealing and coming from a perspective of my own space that I've been in, my own experiences dealing with black, brown youth. And um, that's the that's the foundation that I'm standing on. And, you know, I'm prepared for any type of backlash if there is any, but that's Absolutely. life. <laughs> that's life. As long as you stand on your square, you know, and it's firm, there's nothing to fear. Yep. So, you know, let's 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 stay there. So, you know, the 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 book, A Parent's Guide Navigating Black Brown Children Through Youth, Sports and Beyond. Uh so obviously you felt that that's an important subject and that's something that people need to know. Um, what's the, what, you know, why, why do you feel like you have to, uh, you know, you had to write something particularly for, for black and Brown children. Do you, do you think that, that, that it's an, there's an issue there or that, you know, our are, are kids being, our kids being led in the right, right direction where we are now, or, you know, are, are kids being used? Like how to, you know, what are you, where are you coming at it from? Well, I, I just think as black people, we are in America and our experience experiences here are more unique than any other people. Um, we didn't ask to be here. So starting from there, we didn't come as immigrants. We didn't come on the Mayflower. 
we came in the holes of ships. So that that foundational experience, how we started and up until now, makes our experiences here in this country totally different than anybody else. So with that, um, the adversity that we faced is totally different and the obstacles are different. And it, and and sports, the sports world, sometimes people think that sports uh, is immune to some of those, you know, obstacles, but it's really not. It's just a, a microcosm of what we face in the macrocosm. So, you know, to answer your question, you know, black, brown, black, black kids or black people, we were we weren't even allowed to play sports in this country for so long. You know, a lot of people of younger generations don't realize that we we weren't in the NBA for a long time. We weren't in the MLB or NFL for a long time. So and that's just the participation part. That's just being on the field. And so the reason I wrote this book is to open the doors, open the mindset of of youth. I want them to understand that they can participate in the sport in other ways other than just bouncing the ball and throwing the ball. They can also be photographers. They can also be chefs. They can be um, the GM. They can own the team. There's a whole lot of avenues that we can uh, or lanes that we can be in other than just playing. And a lot of times in, in this society, the only thing, the only uh, lane that we are uh, introduced to is that of playing. And I wanted to get out of that mentality. I wanted to touch on something you said. I definitely agree. Being involved, I was a manager at Bishop Lachlan. So, yeah, um, being a manager, you know, I saw a lot of kids who had the talent and, you know, because they didn't meet the standard, they got discouraged and then they fell into the streets. And then it's like, they didn't know you could do so many other things within basketball. And I feel like, as you stated, it's really important that we introduce them to the different careers in basketball. You could be a physical therapist. You could be a stats analyst. You could be a scout. Like there's just so many, cause if we keep it real, a lot, it's a small percentage of people who go to the NBA. Like you just gotta look at it realistically. But there's such a bigger scale of different other jobs that you could do. So I definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, which leads me into my next question. Um, in your book, you were very transparent with your life. Like, very transparent. And I'm not going to lie, when I was reading it, I was like, not you. Could it be you? Like, <laughs> not, But I feel like it was just so important that you were transparent. Um can you explain like why being important is transparent not only as a person but as a young athlete when it comes to like identifying your strengths and your weaknesses and all of that? Um, absolutely. I, I'm definitely transparent. I come from a family that's very transparent. Um, so I think that's where that comes from. My great grandmother, you know, God bless the dead, she would tell you how how you how she feels at that moment. My mother to this day will tell me how she feels about anything I do, whether good or bad to this moment. And I think that's a blessing. Um, and again, that comes from inner truth. That comes from being yep. secure about yourself. So to answer your question, um, 
I want people to understand that when they see me, a lot of a lot of youths look up to me. I I understand that. This is the refined version, and I still have a ways to go. But there's also another side of me that wasn't always refined. And those that side is there, there had to be somebody in my life that didn't that helped me navigate through that rough, those rough edges. And a lot of times our, our youth are not able to get somebody to walk them through those rough edges. Um, and where in my culture, we call that love hella right. Sometimes you have to go through hell to get right as long as you love what you're doing. So, um, you know, I, a perfect example of that I brought up in my book is Detroit Red. Uh, nobody knew who Detroit Red, Detroit Red was famous only in the hood. But when he got refined, he became famous all over the world, not otherwise known as Malcolm X. So I want to make sure that we never give up on our youth. Sometimes we're always going to go through rough patches, obstacles. One of my biggest uh, obstacles was I had a drinking problem when I was younger and I had to go through um, rehab. Um, but I didn't go through rehab until I saw my cousin do it. And once he did it, it opened up my world and it made me uh, uh, have more confidence in myself to say, listen, I have to I can't avoid this anymore. I'm not winning when it comes to drinking and trying to live my life. So let me do something different. So that's just one example that I give in my book. Mm. So, you know, you've been you've been involved with uh, youth sports forever. Right. Uh, so, you, you know, you've seen it all. Um, and this book, you know, it's a parent's guide. That's one of the first things you say. It's a parent, a parent's guide. You know, why, why did you feel the need to talk directly to the parents? You know, what have you seen that, that, that you think you could help parents with? I, I, I'm talking directly to the parents. I, I, I like to think I'm talking to the youth too. I'm also talking to some coaches. I think they could put, pick some jewels up from this as well, but the parents are the ones that are really the. They're on the front line with the children when they're like eight, seven, six years old, and they're trying to find their way. Um, so many parents try to sometimes start at five years old, and they want to. They ask me all the time, even now, um, what what program should I get them in? You know, when when he when should he start doing pushups? Um, you know, should he play other sports other than basketball? So these are these are you know these are the answers I'm giving answers to some of those questions in the book. I'm also trying to navigate them through, uh, you know, hopefully one day their son makes it big or daughter makes it big. Then I have some answers in the book about how to choose an agent. And um, I also have answers in the book about how to choose a college. So these are, you know, these are questions that, again, since I've started in my uh, career, I've heard the same questions over and over. Um, and at some point, after hearing all the same questions, I wanted to answer it, you know, in totality. So to kind of piggyback on what Jamal said, so you said that this book is a guide for parents, but, you know, there's some youth in our community, unfortunately, that don't have the support. So all their decisions are made by themselves, like off of their knowledge. Do you think that your book can definitely help them? And like, what would you what advice would you give for them when it comes to decision making? Absolutely. It can help them. And the first thing I would the first decision I would tell our youth is, is to start reading. 
as simple as that. <laughs> because our youth don't read enough. So um, you can't get help if you don't read. They used to, there's an old saying, if you want to hide something from a, put, put it, it in, in the book. Put it in the book. So <laughs> it's it's in the book. I'm giving you free game. Youth, come pick it up. And you will get a lot of jewels in this book about uh, pretty much any question that you have ever asked or that you need to know is in this book. This is like a compass for you. If you're in, on a voyage in the sea, this is a compass in, in how to get to that next destination. Yep. When you were, when you were doing, you know, when you, you know, you write a book and you, you've talked about it before, like how long the process is, how, how much goes into it, the dedication. So when you were doing, you know, writing this book and doing all the research, what, what did you learn about yourself and and how you like about the game about yourself how you did you realize how like certain things you felt about the game that you hadn't thought about before yeah i i think that's a great question but one thing i learned is this book process is no joke right right <laughs> i mean what to write it is one thing but you know, Jamal, you think you gracefully edited the book. I had other people edit the book like that process of, you know, almost, you know, cleaning up your words and making sure the structure and the syntax and everything is, is in order is, is, is a lot. And I learned that you have to have a lot of discipline to, to write a book. So that, that's the answer to that question. Um, as far as the game, um, I learned, I think, the blessing of writing this book. I'm also in the game as we speak. Right. I'm also still coaching. Um, I, I finished coaching the eighth grade national team of New Heights last year. We won nine out of fourteen tournaments. Um, I'm about to. I'm about to coach the uh, ninth grade EYBL team for New Heights in the spring. So I get to participate in this game while I'm an author now. And I think that's a unique experience for me because I'm sure parents are going to be, you know, that have that are going to be buying the book. I I um I must say I I I I think I'm going to be a bestseller. Okay. And once once it goes around and people are asking me about the book, they'll be able to see me in real time. They'll be able to see me right. coach. They'll be able to you know touch me and talk to me and pull me to the side and DM me, text me. So. I think that's the unique part about me writing this book is that while I'm in the game, in the industry, I'm still a participant myself. So this is kind of deep here. So one thing I'm an advocate for, especially when it comes to our youth and sports, is mental health. Yeah. Um, in your book, you touch on that, which I think was great. Um, so can you explain what decided, like, what made you include this taboo in sport, in the sports world? Because, you know, people don't like to talk about it in the NBA. They don't like to talk about it with the young kids, but it's obviously there. Like, right. how would you? Yeah. Right. Well, again, I, I, again, I come at this from a perspective of a black man in America. And I mentioned in the book that of our unique experiences, we're the, we're the only group in here in this country we've gone we've gone from slavery to jim crow we've had the black we've dealt with the black codes we dealt with um lynchings 19 i think it was 1914 red summer of lynchings we've dealt with generational trauma 
And um, that trauma is passed down from, you know, from your grandmother, my grandmother down. Um, so that's the perspective I come from. And then even now today, our kids are dealing with so many struggles, so much there's poverty, there's, um, you know, the school system. We just came came out of COVID where there's a detachment. A lot of kids have not fully developed socially. So there's a lot going on in our communities right now. And a lot of times, the only places that we go to express ourselves, young ladies, you go to the beauty parlor, we we talk our shit in the, in the barbershop. And that's 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 not good enough for us anymore. We need we need places where we can really express, get things off our chest so we can stop suppressing what's hurting us inside. Um, and that's why I brought up mental health. I've dealt I've dealt with kids that obviously are struggling with mental health and I don't want it to be taboo anymore in our community. I want us to the same way we can, you know, go to the gym and try to strengthen up our physical bodies, we should be able to also strengthen our minds and 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 be more functioning in this society. So that's why I touched on that. Have, you know, staying kind of staying on that, like having seen it all and, and seen kids for years and years grow up uh, through the game. Like how much how much like in terms of success and kids realizing their potential, how much of it you think is off the court compared to on the court? I think off the court is so big, man. I mean, I remember, you know, I have Kyle Neptune. He's the head coach of Villanova. And obviously he played for me, uh, came up under me. And when I was scouting with the Nets, he would always like tell. And, and when I scouted, I used to do intel and that, and I used to do background checks. And Villanova always had the same spill. They always were low maintenance people, kids. They never really got in trouble and they are flourishing. Those kids became Macau Bridges and, you know, Jalen Brunson. They might not be the kids that at the time had the bigger names as other people that were in the draft, but because of their character, they're able to maintain. So to answer your question, Jamal, uh, the off the court, the, the the off the court dynamic is huge. The the family, who your family is, who your cipher is, who your who your immediate boys are or girls are, um, because we're only as good as our friends. You know, it, it, you never see a nun hanging with a crackhead. You know, usually, <laughs> usually, usually, usually people that are like minded they hang up they hang with each other. Right, and that, that's what it is. So. You know, having positive people in your life that are doing the same thing and 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 flowing the same way with the same high frequency in their vibes is very important. And our kids sometimes don't understand that. And unfortunately, they also come from neighborhoods where they don't where those negative environment where the negative um, influences are readily available. So it's very important that they know how to circumvent that. And that's why I, I, I um, give a lot of respect to these, you know, black mothers out here that are, you know, sometimes um, single and they're still managing to, to, they're doing a great job of navigating and giving their kids free game and how to, 
you know, navigate them through the through these uh, treacherous times. So, and, you know. Yeah, just just to follow up, uh, you know, one of the things that also makes you unique in this space is that you you were a scout for the Nets. So you, so it wasn't, you know, you spent all that time in youth basketball, but then you spent a lot of time in the professional ranks. Right. What what did that experience uh, teach you and then add to this book? I think that that was a, that was a blessing. I was blessed to work with three different uh, general managers. The last one, Sean Marks, who's who's there now, he taught me a lot about the value of uh, doing intel. Um, intel is pretty much the uh, meat and potatoes of scouting. Like it's not really hard for scouts to learn who can play basketball. Um, but but the most important part of that and what separates two guys that we're looking at with the same amount of ability is the intel that we collect. One kid might have great intel, great character, great work ethic, great um, you know personality, um, able to make it. The other kid might be just as talented and sometimes even more talented, but what will eliminate him or uh, is the fact that they might have a drug record. They might uh, have some domestic violence issues. They might, uh, uh, they might not be uh, socially able to work with people. Um, you know, so even when you're looking at the draft, if you look at the draft, and I tell this to people, and this is something a lot of people don't know, when you're looking at names that you saw in in the spring that were like top ranked, uh, they were going to they were projected to go top twenty, top fifteen. When you see a massive decline, and you next thing you know, they either you know get drafted in the second round or they don't get drafted. That's usually two things in the industry that for me, um, from from my experiences, that usually means that the medical history came up bad and people don't want to take take a chance on it or the background history is something that teams don't want to take a chance on. So that's something that I brought to this book, too, the wherewithal for, for our youth to know what's going on behind the scenes and how their off-the-court habits can affect them on the court. Nah. I hope y'all listening, y'all know, y'all see, it's not just what happens on the court, it's off the court too, and how important it is, because they don't be listening, I be trying to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen. <laughs> come over and get one of these books. Oh, definitely. Gotta, gotta get these books. Let Look. me, uh, let me look, you know, let me just, uh, I'm gonna run through some of these chapters so people know, like, what you're getting into here. Um, you start off with uh, your history and love for sports. Um, you talked you talked about this earlier. Introduction to all sports. I also agree that that's very important. Uh, developing all kind of skills, uh, being a versatile person and and athlete. Uh, keep the fun in the game. Talk talk to talk to us about that. Uh, keeping the fun in the game because you know you you think sports and people play whatever sport and you think that's that's of course of course it's fun that's why people do it but why do you say that 
I say that because that's that's why we get into some why we get into sports, period. Like we get into sports and we we bond with the sport because we have a love for it and and it's fun. And it's an outlet for a lot of a lot of youth. So what happens is the older people get in also unfortunately the more the parents start understanding what they can get out of it they tend to lean towards the business side of it more so than just having fun with it and i think that if you keep the fun part up front the business side will take care of itself but what happens is a lot of kids uh get burnt out because they are they are leaning towards that business side or their parents are leaning towards that business side. Business side looks like they want to get ranked. They wanna they wanna be in this uh in this tournament and 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 they want to do things at a fast pace. This is a marathon, like Nipsey Hussle said. This is not a sprint. So the you know that's that's the perspective I'm coming from. I heard John Morant the other day. And he mentioned his father and he mentioned how his father always told him to have fun. And this is John Morant. John Morant is like Allen Iverson 2.0 right now. He's one of the right. best players on the in the world right now. Yeah. But he, if you watch him play, he plays the game in a fun, spirited way. And I think kids sometimes, because they get caught up in all this other stuff that really they can't control, they lose the sight of that passion and that love that they need to have, you know, to play this game. Right. And it also adds pressure. You're, you're putting pressure on yourself and then, you know, pressure is, you know, if you're playing with pressure, you're not going to usually it's hard to play your best. Really. That's a fact. What do what do you do? Like as a coach, when you see stuff like that, when you see a kid, you know, maybe putting too much pressure on himself or herself or, you know, or or, t or not having fun. Like, how, how do you address that as a coach? I mean, I, I try to keep, I think the the most important thing I need to do as a coach is to create an environment and a culture that is fun, that is a, um, a family-like atmosphere where they want to be there, um, a brotherhood. Um, so it's important for me that I do a lot of things off the court with my players. Um, I've, I've been known to take them bowling. We go out to eat together. So then that allows them to be loose around their friends and, and hang out and, and, you know, not even think about that free throw that they might've blew that coach got mad at them about <laughs> or that turnover, that turnover that they messed up or, you know, we can, we can let our hair down. So I think it's very important um, as a coach that I, I create that type of environment. And um, it's, 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 it's work for the most part. Yeah, and like doing things outside of just being on the court, it increases the chemistry. So when y'all on the court, it's like, yeah, we already know we, we ain't even got to say nothing. We just look at each other and know what's going on. Like it definitely plays a big part in it. Absolutely. Um, you also brought up a very important word, passion. Um, can you explain why? Because you were talking about how you played against Gauchos and you were like, you didn't have the hype, but you were quick, fast, and you were passionate. And I right. just find that you added passion at the end of that list. Why did you do that? Like, did you do it for a reason? What's behind the passion? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I I I think I've been blessed with passion. Like anything I do, anybody that knows me knows I do things with a lot of energy, uh, emotion, and I can be very intense. And I think if you're going to be great at anything, you have to be passionate about it. I, I I can't imagine Michael Jackson not saying he wasn't passionate. I can't imagine Prince saying he wasn't passionate. I can't imagine um, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Any in any space that you're in, you have to be. I think passion is something that drives us. It's like fuel that uh, um, it's like fuel, and it keeps us motivated. Um, so, my passion is, you know, I, I I had a passion for writing this book. I had a passion for finishing school, and I have a passion for youth, for young black youth in particular, and that's because I see how much is going against us or going against them in society, how many ways and how many weapons are thrown at them daily. I feel like um, I'm on a mission to help them out in my space as much as possible and also empower them as much as possible. So I have a passion for seeing black people win. Yep. And to also piggyback um, being a CEO of a nonprofit, one thing that I'll, I'll never forget that I was told is that people are going to invest in you based on your passion. If they see that you're passionate about something, especially when it comes to like money investment, they're definitely going to look for that passion because that's what they're like. All right. Yeah. Passion is what's going to get them through this no matter what. So I know this is something good. So definitely I agree with the passion aspect. Um, Obviously a big part of the book and, you, and you've mentioned it a few times, is you know, we're dealing with, black youth in particular um, and trying to guide them. Like Destiny said, like a lot of times that their parents aren't there. Uh, you have chapters in the, in the book about choosing a college coach, you know, even a high school coach, uh, the HBCU factor through writing this book and thinking about it and researching, you know, what's, what's your opinion on, on, uh, you know, you know, it's a predominantly black sport, you know, kids playing for other black coaches, what that means, what it doesn't mean, you know, what, what did you, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I went to Morehouse college. Um, so shout out to Morehouse. Um, I am a big fan of black colleges. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, I mentioned the, in the book that, one of my attractions to going to a black college was when I used to be, when I was young and different world came on and it, it was, it was a beautiful look. I saw all the beautiful young ladies and, you know, in a, in a black environment. And quite honestly, it made me want to go to a black college. Um, and I was blessed to have a mother that did a homemade, I call it a homemade tour where she took my cousins and I on the road and my my shout out to my cousins, Raheem Lukman and my, my best friend, Martin. We went on a road trip. We, we visited Virginia State, Hampton and, you know, Morehouse. And we we saw the, the environment. And I think we don't do a good job as youth coaches enough of promoting HBCUs. I also don't think we do enough of unapologetically letting our children know to play for black black coaches. Um, 
we don't have a lot of black coaches that are out there. The majority of the players, like you said, Jamal, are black. The the minority of the coaches um, in the space of football, basketball, whether it's college or the NBA, is not black. Um, can you imagine if it was if it was hockey? I mentioned this in my book. If it was if it was hockey, um, and black coach, it was all black coaches, <laughs> and right. the majority white players were <laughs> were uh, uh, are playing hockey. People would think like it would look crazy, you know. But but this is something I, that I think we have to do a better job of promoting our own and empowering our own. Um, I have friends at Howard University. Uh, I know the head coach at Howard, um, Norfolk State, my brother Rob Jones. So it's my job now to at least bring it to the attention of these youth that those are possible destinations. A lot of times they don't even know about the destination. And when they get on campus, I think it will change a lot of their minds, especially when the competition is a Iona or somebody that is kind of in that same space. Now, if a kid wants to go to North Carolina, it's kind of hard. And, and he's a five-star kid. It would be kind of hard for us to say, um, he, you need to go to Norfolk state or Howard, um, as opposed to those blue, blue chips, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, those elite schools. But I think we do what what needs to happen is that some of these multimillionaires, some of these you know almost billionaires that are in our community, the Jay Zs and you know whoever, maybe if they put some funnel some money into those programs where they can where they can compete on the um, with the weight room and and the facilities and uh, and they could be as comparable to the North Carolinas and the Dukes. Then why not? Why not send our kids to black colleges and and let them and flourish there? And the and the and the one of the major points that I point to in my book is the general weight generational wealth that these white coaches are getting on the backs of black youth. So I believe that if we had our kids go to black um, coaches. They can get some of that generational wealth, and also they can create the 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 trees that some of these coaches have. So Coach Krzyzewski has a great tree. When I say trees, that means that uh, he, because of his legendary status, he's been able to empower other coaches that were his assistants that went on to be coaches at successful coaches at different institutions, and now he has a whole tree and a whole network. Of, of of coaches and 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 players that have played for him we need to do the same thing for our coaches um in in this space and how you know and when choosing when a player chooses a coach and we we've talked about this before with coaches how the really good coaches white or black you know regardless you know care about the kids and are there for the kids you know for the kids entire lives what how how does a kid decide like decide or or figure out which coaches are you know are those type of people that that will truly care for them like how like how do you you know when you have kids deciding on college colleges how do you how you know how do you try to guide them into determining that 
Well, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the feedback we get because the the basketball community is very small, and we get a feed we get feedback on you know how coaches deal with our players. For example, and for example in the NBA, Coach Popovich is known to be somebody that's that is very good with his players, black and white. Steve Kerr has developed a hell of a reputation. And you can tell by the way he speaks on certain issues. Um, you know, he was very upfront about his issue and issue with uh, the, the former president. I won't mention his name on my podcast, but, <laughs> but um, so, you know, when we, when we, when we get those type of coaches coming from other communities, then, then so be it. But for the most part, those conversations, those candid conversations are going to come from our own. Those, those, because most of our coaches, most black coaches know what it means to have grown up in the ghetto and knows what it means to um, deal with some, some a racial issue that might occur on a campus. They know how to, they will help, hopefully, we hope, will help you navigate through certain things that have nothing to do with basketball. Um, I think we make a mistake when we send our kids to coaches and making the the deal only about basketball because we know in life there's going to be other issues that come up on these campuses that have nothing to do with basketball. And if our kids are just left there on their own, isolated, and not knowing how to handle a situation, it can make us. It can make something that could be. Uh, put out or diffuse even worse. So um, I think we have to do a better job of using more discretion of sending our kids to coaches that, and like I said, it can be a white coach. I have no problem sending to white coaches, but I also, but I do have a problem sending to a white coach that doesn't have black coaches on his staff. Mm. So, um, so those are things that need to be, you know, we need to walk through our player, walk with our players through this recruiting process in a very deliberate way. I agree. Um, so in your book, you talked about when you received D2 offers and how you regretted how you handled it. Um, I think a lot of players go through that. How would you have handled the situation differently? Like if you could go back in time, like what would you have done differently? I probably would be less of a fool. <laughs> <laughs> as simple as that. Like I, I, I just remember that college coaches were calling my my grandma my great grandmother's phone at the time. There was no cell phone, Destiny. So they would call my great grandmother's phone at the time. And I would be so overwhelmed sometimes and kind of intimidated because I I really didn't have anybody to talk to. My father was in Brooklyn at the time and I my communication skills weren't that great, I guess. So I wasn't relaying the message that I got that my great grandmother told me that this coach called and sometimes I would avoid the call. So I was I was very immature. I was very immature in this process. And I just know that there's other kids that are out there that might be immature. And that's why it takes coaches. It takes coaches, mentors, uncles, aunties, somebody to walk them through these steps. And, um, you know, that's what I was uh, mentioning in my book. <laughs> and, al and along those lines, you know, to 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 try to bring it f full circle, what do you want 
like what you know what's your what do you want people to to take from this book what um what do you hope uh, are the major things that people get out of this book and and how it can help them i hope i gave them solutions to some of the questions that they've asked me i hope i gave them inspiration um to think outside of the box with certain decision making that they're going to have to do and I hope I gave black kids in particular and parents um, a sense of pride um, yeah. because I want them to understand that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from this, I'm from their community and I want them to understand that I'm an advocate in this space for them and will always be. So, my book is the platform that I'm going to be the advocate from. Mm. Well, I think uh, you accomplished all that. Uh, yeah. De Destiny, Destiny agrees. Uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot in this book. Everybody needs to check it out. Everybody needs to buy it first and foremost. Uh, read it, digest it, and then you know, and follow follow your lead because uh, these are very important issues. Uh, for for kids and parents, um, so we can take this these sports, not just basketball, but all these sports uh, that we are talented enough to play and get the most out of them, um, and get it and get enough out of it for ourselves rather than for other people, uh, rather than have other people benefit from from our labor, which <laughs> which has happened a lot to us in history. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. definitely check check this book out. Buy this book. Uh, wait, wait. For, uh, the biggest question is where can you get the book? The book will be on Kindle, being in Nuke, Apple iBooks, and Kobo this Friday, November 25th. So get your copies. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to put out the physical copies on February 11th. So definitely excited, and I hope everybody picks it up and please 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 leave a review when you buy the book yeah sounds good i'm getting my copy even though i want a free copy and i'm gonna buy a copy absolutely absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely all right so you know we gotta cop that we gotta support um you know we've had we've had other people on the show who have who have had books uh coming out and remember how, how much is the book khalid uh, the book is fourteen ninety nine. So you can you could pay fourteen ninety nine and get all this information mm -hmm. that you that that's you can use best. for a lifetime. That's, that's why yeah, you're right. Because that's fourteen ninety nine is free for all that game for sure. That's free game. <laughs> that's free. That's free game. Because think about what people do with fifteen dollars, man. Yep. Right. On, any, right. on any given day. Right. Right. Like, come on, come on. So you're right. This 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 has to be a, a bestseller. Uh, everybody needs to cop this free game, a parent's guide navigating black and brown and brown children through youth sports and beyond. Uh, it covers every single aspect of of playing sports and deciding, uh, you know, what route you want to go. Uh, every level from from the very beginning, from like you said, five to six years old, up until uh, you know, if you're a professional level talent. Which you and you have, you have experience in all in that entire area. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, there's nobody better who could have written this book, and uh, you know people better cop this free game. That's all I gotta say. 
Yeah. I want to give a thank you. I want to give a thank you to uh, Bill Roden. Yes. $40 million slave. Uh, he did a, a an endorsement of my book. I also want to give a thank you to John Carlos, the activist, uh, black uh, Olympian activist of the 60s, and also uh, Mark Spears of NBA, uh, of the, the famous NBA writer, um, yep. always on ESPN, and also Kyle Neptune. Nice. Of, uh, University. Nice. Great stuff. Great stuff. So... Uh, we'll be, you know, we'll be talking about this book, you know, probably a lot more in the future since, uh, we, you know, we have the, the author, this is his podcast. So, uh, you, you know, you, our podcast. Our, our, yeah, our podcast and and I'm sure, and, and this type of game, you know, we do this on a weekly basis. So yes. you can, you can listen to the podcast and get free game also. Absolutely. That's how, that's how that works. So, um, once again, cop the book free game, um, Fourteen ninety nine comes out a week from today. Uh, a week from today, we're recording this on on Friday the eighteenth. So it comes out Friday the twenty fifth November, um, and we look forward to uh, you know hearing people's responses to it. Yep. Peace, everyone. Thanks for having me, Jamal. <laughs> of course. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for joining. Thanks to the listeners. Uh, of course, as as always, you can you can uh, listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, follow us on social media. You'll be hearing more about the book on the social media platforms at up next pod on Instagram at up next underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure we're going to post some stuff up on the, about the book on YouTube. So uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel up next podcast and all that good stuff. And uh, you know, we'll keep bringing you great content and the biggest content right now is that free game book for, for a $14.99 cop that please yes 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 and good job Des peace thank, thank you guys for having me alright thank you perfect perfect timing put me in my zone 2 3 32 33 like birdie 2 time to put on for your city when they never heard of you ball player ain't no watching from the side picking up them pieces ain't no limits in the sky said you got up next well gonna show them why one two that's a three now take your shot ball player bishop lachlan purple and gold that's a flex uh collie green got me a scally before he left uh joke cash something like dollars on the check uh, they had then i got now now guess who next Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.